J. Crew is another casualty of the coronavirus. If you've been waiting for more sparkly vampires in your life, this is your lucky day. And it's Star Wars Day. We've got Mashable senior entertainment reporter Alexis Ned with us to talk about everything coming next from a galaxy far, far away. The date, May 4th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hello, friends. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to News O'Clock. And welcome to another week. Casey, how was your weekend? What? How was my weekend? Okay. <laughs> uh, I made I made scones from the Outlander cookbook. I went for a walk and saw a home that was on sale for $1.5 million. So attainable, you know. <laughs> <laughs> how about wait, you? What'd you do? Wait, first oh. let's rewind to the Outlander cookbook. Why do you yeah, possess sure. this? I don't possess it. This was like back in 2015 or 2016. And I was covering the release of the Outlander cookbook and two colleagues and I, we we made recipes from it. And to date, they're the best scones I've ever had in my life. And I remembered them this past week. So I found the recipe online and I made them and I love them. I had a bit of a baking fail this weekend. I like a fool, tried a new chocolate chip cookie recipe and apparently made them on two smaller sheets. So rather than 16 perfectly delicious circle cookies, they're kind of smushed and sad. And some of them have merged into one bigger cookie. So close enough, I guess that's that's the vibe right now. Yeah, I'm not seeing a problem that you're describing a cookie <laughs> cake and I love cookie cakes. That's fair. Memo to self. <laughs> Grab some frosting. Go to town after we're done recording. Okay. It's time for the Corona update. Today, I have three things that you need to know. Number one, clothing retailer J. Crew filed for bankruptcy, highlighting how the pandemic is crushing retailers. Online retailers are thriving, but brick and mortar stores have been struggling for years thanks to private equity takeovers and a shift to online buying. The Rona clearly hasn't helped. J. Crew will hand over control of its company to creditors and turn over a billion dollars in debt into stock for investors to hold on to. J. Crew will keep control, though, over its Madewell brand and says it will continue to run its online shop during the bankruptcy proceedings. Neiman Marcus, JCPenney, Lord & Taylor, Macy's, all of them are really struggling right now and looking like they might be filing for bankruptcy, too. I mean, I guess this was just, you know, we're just waiting for this to happen, for our online shopping to take over, right? And this has just, like, escalated the whole situation. It really has, but it's kind of sad because some of these brands are, like, truly iconic. Like, if Macy's goes under, I will make watching Miracle on 34th Street really sad moving forward, honestly. Number two, the president held a virtual town hall last night at the Lincoln Memorial, and some of his answers were a bit uh, sus. It took place in an interview with Fox News inside the Lincoln Memorial at night, properly socially distanced, no masks, though. Uh, among the other things that Trump did, he touted hydroxychloroquine again, despite putting a pause on that praise for the last couple of weeks. The Democrats, the radical left, whatever you want, would rather see people. I'm going to be very nice. I'm not going to say die. I'm going to say would rather see people not get well because they think I'm going to get credit if, you know, hydroxychloroquine works. The president did admit, though, that the death toll could be much higher than he's previously said. This time around, he admit that it could be up to 100,000 in the United States. Previously, he'd insisted that it would stay under 60,000. As of Sunday in the United States, there have been 67,000 coronavirus confirmed deaths. 
Okay. Also, am, I might be wrong on this, but I think I saw it on Twitter. Did Trump say that he was more mistreated than Lincoln while he was standing in front of the Lincoln Memorial? Oh, yes. That was a thing that he said. Uh, Trump's comparing himself to Lincoln has been a motif, shall we say, of this administration and one that has made historians go mm, the entire time. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. And number three. If you're feeling up for a cruise when this is all over, Carnival is getting ready to set sail again in August. Carnival is the parent company of Princess Cruises, who ships the Diamond Princess, Grand Princess, and Ruby Princess were early epicenters of coronavirus and how it spread globally, which was, in a sense, good for scientists because it helped them map out how the spread worked and bad for a lot more things, including the many people who contracted coronavirus and were stuck on these ships while countries decided whether or not to accept them on shore. Cruise ships operate outside of many U.S. laws because, you know, they have flags in foreign countries and the high seas are basically a lawless place. So that means that if you die at sea on one of these cruises, you can't really, your family cannot sue these cruise lines. So they're thinking, may as well get back to business as normal. Okay, that's awful. Also, I wasn't planning on going on a cruise beforehand and now I'm really not. I mean, it's just... It's just a vessel for this virus. Oh, my I, God. I'm sorry. I'm overwhelmed by everything. I feel like the fact that people were still going on cruises after the wall-to-wall coverage of the poop ship years ago was a real warning sign for us as a culture. <laughs> we can't stop cruises. No one can. <laughs> okay. So it's time for today's good news, bad news. As you might guess from the name, this is where I bring you some of the most, oh my God, yes, and most, oh my God, no, stories from around the internet. Good news for honestly everyone. An eight-year-old has produced the banger that we deserve right now. Its official title is, I wonder what's inside your butthole. I wonder what's inside your butthole. I wonder what's inside your butthole. Maybe there's astronauts and maybe there's aliens. Oh. That's the beautiful voice of Jolie Dunn, the author of this smash hit. Her mom, Lisa, told BuzzFeed News that the song was inspired by Jolie trying to avoid bedtime, which I completely relate to and understand. And when her daughter was told that millions of people had listened to her song, her mom said, Jolie will ponder that for a moment, then ask, did Doja Cat see it? Which is her only barometer for fame. And sure, Doja may not have seen it, but the banger's already getting remixed, like in this take from Jonathan Mann. I love this song so much. It it makes you smile. It's so surreal. Like, it takes a real turn there in the lyrics. It really does, but it's a legitimate banger. I was just, like, replaying it over and over again. I was so impressed. She's a better musician than I'll ever be. Like, it had a good rhythm to it. I was into it. I just, I want to know what she was thinking about right before writing the song that made her wonder about astronauts and aliens inside of buttholes. What fiction, what bedtime story was she read that led us to this point? These are the follow-up questions I need answered. No, I bet, uh, I hope, and I think she's a true genius, so she was just thinking about what is inside buttholes, like what could be in there, you know? So I think, like, don't even, like, think further than that. Just, I think that's where we can land on, and I think it's pretty solid. (laughs) And I support it. (laughs) 
onto some bad news. And this time it's specifically for Robert Pattinson. The Twilight series author Stephanie Meyer said today that she's going to be finally releasing a new book in the saga. And if you know anything about this, you know that it is Midnight Sun. So it's going to be a retelling of the first book in the series. But from the point of view of sparkle vampire love interest, Edward Cullen. <laughs> Which we genuinely all need. I'm sorry, we do. Basically, a version of the book leaked back in 2008, which caused Meyer to say, fuck all of you, no sparkles for you. But now she's finally yielded, and the book is scheduled to be released on August 1st. Like we said, though, this is seriously bad for Robert Pattinson, who has spent the last few years doing weird-ass movies to try to distance himself from playing Edward in the Twilight movies. I mean, he does not like talking about it, and I get it. I get it, too, because the books and the movies are fucking weird and wild and i'm sorry i i just can't get over the fact that these things transform into the 50 shades of gray books there's so many layers of weird <laughs> to the twilight experience that the fact that we're diving back into this for a, basically twilight the next generation like degrassi we're com- bringing it back guys Oh my God. Yeah. It's amazing. I did my favorite thing about, I, I definitely saw all, most of the twilights in high school and college. And then I did not see the last one until a couple years ago. And that blew my mind. Cause that was my first time seeing that CGI baby. Woo-hoo. The CGI baby <laughs> that they have to bite out of her. I didn't read the books, but I learned everything I could about them while they were happening, especially towards the end, because I had to understand the phenomena. I had to know what was happening here. And when I learned that they have to bite the half vampire baby out of Bella, uh, I, 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 I just didn't know what to do with myself from that point until now. I still don't that's, know what to do with myself. That's an image. But I am excited for this because my favorite thing on the internet is just like Twilight memes because just like they just drag the movie in. But like it from a fan way, like they all watch the movies, but you got to drag the movie too and stuff like that. But anyways, I want to see Edward Cullen's point of view of like, do you know that scene in the first movie where he like sees Bella for the first time or rather he smells her and he has this massive look of disgust uh, i need i need to know that from edward's point of view what's going on through that vampire brain of his <laughs> honestly this is exactly the boost that the fan fiction writers of the world needed in this time so stephanie meyer salute okay <laughs> when we come back from the break we're talking to mashables alexis net about the star wars stay right there everyone Chief it. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. This is Roxanne Gay, host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Now, what is the Roxanne Gay Agenda, you might ask? Well, it's a podcast where I'm going to speak my mind about what's on my mind, and that could be anything. Every week, I will be in conversation with an interesting person who has something to say. We're going to talk about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. 
I start each show with a recommendation. Really, I'm just going to share with you a movie or a book or maybe some music or a comedy set, something that I really want you to be aware of and maybe engage with as well. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, The Bad Feminist Podcast of Your Dreams, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Robert Lamb. And I'm Joe McCormick, and we're the hosts of the science podcast, Stuff to Blow Your Mind, where every week we get to explore some of the weirdest questions in the universe. Like, if sci-fi teleportation was possible, how would it square with the multitudes of organisms that inhabit our human bodies? Can we find evidence of emotions in animals like bees, ants, and crayfish? How would an interplanetary civilization function? Does free will exist? Stuff to Blow Your Mind examines neurological quandaries, cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and the wonders of techno-history. Basically, this show is the altar where we worship the weirdness of reality. If anybody ever told you you ask the weirdest questions, it is time to come join us in the place where you belong, the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast. New episodes publish every Tuesday and Thursday with bonus episodes on Saturdays. Listen to Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. It's time for Say More. It's Star Wars Day. Thanks to some nerds who decided a few years back that May the 4th be with you was too good a pun to pass up. But with the main Skywalker saga films now all wrapped up and a corporate overlord wanting to crank up the profit, is Star Wars set to go the way of the Jedi? We're joined by Mashable senior entertainment reporter Alexis Ned to help us figure that out. Hello, Alexis. Hello, everyone. Okay, so I'm just going to go ahead and put this out there up front. I've never seen any of the older Star Wars movies, only a couple of the most recent trilogy. And to be honest, I watch them both on planes. Uh, Wait, what? I'm I'm sorry. Uh, You can hear the remorse in my voice. Okay, guys? We're going to fix this before this podcast is done, Casey. But (laughs) This specific podcast, sit down. We're going to be here for nine hours. (laughs) This is what I deserve. I get it. I did this to myself. (laughs) Okay. So you guys can yell at me more later, but for now, let me live through you two. Alexis, do you remember when you first saw any of the Star Wars movies? Oh my gosh. I couldn't put like an age to it, but it was young. My dad was a big Star Wars nerd. I'm pretty sure he saw it in theaters in the 70s and 80s. And I don't remember a time where I didn't know what a Star Wars was. So I was very big on the original trilogy. And I think the first ones I saw in theaters was the prequels. I was little when I saw them. I didn't know they were uh, maligned. I get it now. (laughs) But yeah, big fan since as long as I can recall. No, I feel that. I, besides you know, being introduced to like the concepts through parodies and like the cartoons I watched, my dad, I remember, made sure to sit us down and show us the VHSs. And then when the originals were re released in theaters, we went to go see those. So, Alexa, what do you think it is about Star Wars that draws so many people in across these multiple generations? I think that, especially if you do start with the original trilogy, it's hard to recreate what it was like to be a kid in the 70s and see it for the first time. But I think that for that generation, the enthusiasm they had when they first saw it, it was like nothing else they'd ever seen. So I think it's really a generational cultural thing that's so gripping. But also when you see it for the first time when you're younger, the storytelling is so epic and sweeping and the visuals still hold up, which is incredible. It's hard to discount like 
a cowboy wizard fantasy with princesses <laughs> and lasers. Like it's universal stuff. You can't not and like weird it. space magic. Yes. <laughs> I wish you could have seen Hayes during that. He had his hands like clasped under his chin like a little kid. It was adorable. I felt I felt the Star Wars. I felt it. <laughs> okay, so the final movie in the original triple trilogy, The Rise of Skywalker, did it do so hot among fans when it came out last year? Do you think the criticism was accurate or were people just whining on the internet? Oh, gosh. Okay, this is a very tough question. <laughs> Because I feel like after The Last Jedi, the second one in the sequel trilogy, the fandom split fairly cleanly in the middle. And I feel like if you love The Last Jedi, you were not going to be hot on Rise of Skywalker. If you hated The Last Jedi, you liked The Rise of Skywalker. So whether or not the critique is valid, it just depends on what camp you fall in. I was not a fan of it, personally. <laughs> mm, is there any way to heal this divide, or is the fandom just going to be split forever now, much like the Ewoks first divided us? It's a, <laughs> it's a forever problem. So we learned today that Taika Waititi is going to be writing and directing a new Star Wars film. Alexis, your reaction? I was quite thrilled. I just finished watching the first episode of the Mandalorian documentary series they have that they put out today about uh, sort of the background of making the Mandalorian. And the first episode they had was about the director. So there was a little bit of Taika in there. And I watched this at like six in the morning because I couldn't sleep. And I thought, man, he's having such a good time. I would love to see him do more Star Wars. And then fast forward six hours and he's doing more Star Wars. I think he has a really interesting, frenetic vibe as a director and as a writer. Also, I should point out, he's only co-writing. He's, uh, his co-writer on that is going to be Kirstie Wilson-Carnes, um, who also co-wrote 1917. So it's not just going to be him. And But his directorial style worked very well in the finale of The Mandalorian. I think he gets Star Wars, but he's also not afraid to get funky, as we saw he did with <laughs> Thor and the MCU. And I would love like a more funky, colorful Star Wars. And I think he's the one to give it to us. I think that's interesting because uh, what I was seeing online is that Christy, she's like, for 1917, she's more of like a dramatic uh, writer. And then, you know, he's as wacky as he wants to be. So it's going to be like such an interesting pairing for the two of them. Yes. I think maybe they're going to even each other out there a bit. I don't think Star Wars wants to go full Thor Ragnarok. Um, <laughs> because that would be a bit of a departure for the tone of the series. So I think that they're going to balance each other out. Uh, Alexis, what do you think? Is May the 4th just a cheesy cash grab at this point? Has Disney gotten too involved in the fandom? I mean, May the 4th comes from fans. And now that Disney has Star Wars, it's like, what are they going to do? Not capitalize it? It's like, oh, you're going to give us a whole day of the year? Cool. It's hard to even call it a cash grab. It's more just like a complete absorption of the fandom and an ownership of what the fans had made. But they now own what the fans loved. So can't really blame them. Also, I mean, they're giving us a Mandalorian documentary series and dropping great news. So they're going to do what they're going to do. Okay. So what is your most trash Star Wars opinion? I have a couple that I'm like honestly scared to say on the internet because <laughs> I know. No, it's okay. <laughs> Safe space. Safe space, Alexis. You got this. <laughs> I thought that the kiss at the end of Rise of Skywalker was one of the worst things Star Wars has ever done. Mm, so yeah. you're going to attract those haters. Yeah. Now do you understand my hesitance? I do. However, 
I don't think that there's that many people who disagree with you either. So as far as trash oh. opinions goes, at least you have company on that one. You, It is delightful to me that you think that, Hayes. <laughs> the Raylos, they're out there. Uh, it just doesn't work to me. It's just, as a as a romantic pairing, it just never clicked. But then again, Star Wars and romance never really does click all that well, unless we're talking about The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, which Casey is a Leia, film got it right once. in the first trilogy. Yeah, they haven't gotten it right in forty years. I literally just started like I was like, okay, Hayes, Hayes, you take it from here. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Okay, Alexis, one more thing. Mother's Day is next weekend. We're in a really weird time. So we're going to be asking our guests this week how they're going to be marking the occasion with this weird set of lockdowns in place across the country. So my family, we usually do like a Sunday video chat with all of us because we, my mom, my sister's in California. My parents are in Jersey and I'm in New York. So we're going to have our family video chat. We're probably all going to get mimosas. My sister and I sent my mom a gift. And my mom's favorite brunch place is doing pickup brunch baskets. So I'm going to see if I can get my dad to slap on some gloves and a mask and pick up a brunch basket that he can then bring home to her. Aw, cute. That's adorable. And now also I want to do that. I'm going to text my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Slash, I just want a brunch basket. Sorry, mom. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Alexis. Thank you so much for having me. Hooray. Yay. No problem. It's time for The List, because if you know BuzzFeed at all, you know how much we love lists. And today, in honor of Star Wars Day, we've got five wild facts about outer space lined up for you. Okay, honestly, I'm not ready to talk about any of these facts because I have a meltdown about space twice a year and I didn't block out the rest of the day for me to rock back and forth in a corner. I need more of a heads up than this. I'm genuinely nervous, but guess what? I will prevail, Hayes. Casey, I really am sorry, but (laughs) you knew the job was dangerous when you took it. Okay, (laughs) space fact number one. The North Star wasn't always the North Star and won't always be the North Star. Because of the way the Earth's axis tilt and draws a cone, Polaris will stop being the North Star in about 13,000 years. And instead, people, if there are people, will have to rely on Vega. Number two, a day on Venus is longer than a year on Venus. It moves around the sun faster than it turns around its axis. Number three, the sun is so massive that it makes up 99% of the mass in the entire solar system. So crunch together all the planets and stuff, and that's only 1% of the mass compared to the sun. Number four, all of the other planets could fit into the distance between the Earth and the moon. Seriously, check the math. It's bonkers. And wild space fact number five, scientists have predicted that the air pressure on Jupiter and Saturn can cause carbon to form rain clouds that drop actual diamonds. Hayes, we have to go to Jupiter and Saturn. I need to take a couple days off. <laughs> I refuse to go to either Jupiter or Saturn. I I will never, I don't care what technology ever says, I am not going to a gas giant. That sounds like a t- they don't have a surface, Casey. There's nowhere to land. There's just, I've seen Jupiter ascending. <laughs> okay, listen, neither of us have to go to space. I'm not going to space. I mean, I'll go to space if we have to go to space because like Earth is crumbling around us, but like I'm not going to volunteer to go to space. It scares me. Real talk, though. Commercial space travel is definitely coming sooner or later. If someone else was paying for it, would you go into space? Tell us why or why not. 
You can email us at news o'clock, all one word, at buzzfeed.com. Either write down your answer or record it as a voice memo and send it to us. That's news o'clock at buzzfeed.com or DM us on Twitter, where we are also at news o'clock. Okay, we have time for one more thing. And I have two words for you. Murder hornets. The hits keep coming here in 2020. The murder hornet with what's called murder spotted. hornets. Now to the hunt the US for the, the first time. Deadly hornet has been found in the U.S. The so-called murder hornet. Okay, real quick, for anyone who missed this over the weekend, the New York Times had a big story about the Asian giant hornet and how they're turning up in the U.S. These things can grow up to two inches long, they rip honeybees to shreds, and they have a stinger that can puncture beekeeping suits. And oh, they're so scary, Casey. They're so I can't up. stop laughing because I'm in such denial that this is a real thing, but also it makes sense for 2020. But I'm just like so genuinely scared. I just know I'm going to get stung by one. I know it. Well, right now they're just up in like the Washington areas where they've been spotted up on the Washington Canada border. So I just don't go there. Don't go to the Pacific Northwest, even when the lockdown's done, because that's Hornet land now. Oh my God. I wonder like how vindictive they are. Do you know like wasps when you go underwater to get away from them Mm -hmm. and they just wait, they wait for you. I just have to say that anything Mm -hmm. that's called a murder hornet, I think they also wait for you. <laughs> they wait. They have plans. They have detailed blueprints. They track your location and wait for you. Not just like while you're underwater. They will figure out your address and come and wait for you. Uh, it's scary for us, but it's really scary for the freaking bees, though. They rip off honeybee heads. They can decimate an entire honeybee colony with just their pincer like giant mandibles going through with carnage. I'm sorry. But do these murder hornets not know that we're currently trying to save the bees? <laughs> yeah, the murder hornets are anti-bee. They they suck. They hate us and they hate pollination, apparently. Here's something really fun, though. In Japan, the local Japanese honeybees, the way they fight off these hornets when their hives are invaded, is that all of the honeybees will beat their wings really, really fast so to raise the heat inside of their hive and to cause extra carbon dioxide killing the hornet. Oh my God. I don't know why that made me kind of emotional, but I was like, look at that teamwork. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it's just metal as shit. Like, good job, honeybees. They saw their enemy and we're like, we gotta like all hold wings and work together to defeat their enemy. I love it. Oh, what a like Care Bears flashback that was. Um, so between this and the locusts in Africa, there's just too much bad news bugs in 2020. I, if there's one more like fucked up bug story, I'm going to scream. So the New York Times said that Washington state is gearing up to eradicate them because they have to act early before it spreads out of control. Because in Japan, these murder hornets kill roughly 50 people every year. So to sum up, America... Don't let murder hornets be the new coronavirus. Thank you. That's it for today. Join us tomorrow when writer and comedian Josh Gondelman, a.k.a. the nicest person on the internet, joins us. And remember, there's no coronavirus in space, but that doesn't mean it's any safer up there than down here. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and review. Helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And tell all your friends so that you can set your alarms and never miss another episode of News O'Clock. 
Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes too. Right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she, kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real. We're all trapped here. And there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Lethal listeners. Tig here. Last season on Lethal Lit, you might remember I came to Hollow Falls on a mission, clearing my Aunt Beth's name and making sure justice was finally served. But I hadn't counted on a rash of new murders tearing apart the town. My mission put myself and my friends in danger. Though it wasn't all bad. I'm gonna be real with you, Tig. I like you. But now, all signs point to a new serial killer in Hollow Falls. If this game is just starting, you better believe I'm gonna win. I'm Tig Torres, and this is Lethal Lit. Catch up on season one of the hit murder mystery podcast, Lethal Lit, a Tig Torres mystery, out now. And then tune in for all new thrills in season two, dropping weekly starting February 9th. Subscribe now to never miss an episode. Listen to Lethal Lit on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Roxanne Gay, the host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Each week I talk to an interesting person about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. We can't escape politics. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 